Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Mike Foreman, Senior Pastor of the First Baptist Church of Level Plains. For more information about Pastor Mike and the church, please visit our website at www.fbclp.life. Let's join Pastor Mike now as he shares from God's Word. Well, everybody keeps asking that here's me. Is it going to be a short sermon? It'll be as long as the Lord lets me preach. How's that? So if you want to take your copy of God's Word, begin to look for John's Gospel, chapter 14. I want to sort of pick up on the verse that they read from uh, in the reading this morning. We've been talking about Advent all this season, Advent season, and tomorrow night we're going to sort of conclude the Advent uh, celebration in our Christmas Eve service by lighting the center candle, which represents the Lord Jesus. And uh, so I hope you'll come tomorrow night, 4.30 or 6. Hopefully, if you're going to serve, again, please meet with me up front here for just a few moments so that we can just sort of talk about what we're going to be doing and how we're going to be serving uh, tomorrow night. So um, so you know what you're doing. You're not surprised uh, by what we're going to ask you to do tomorrow night. So come and be a part of that. This last Sunday of Advent is the celebration of peace. Peace. You know, we've talked about love, joy, and hope. But you know what? The coming of Jesus is the coming of peace. Save this one towards the last because, you know, I think that we, we misunderstand like we do misunderstanding of joy. Sometimes we misunderstand what hope really is. We have this misconception about peace. Here, here's the, the most common definition of peace. The absence of conflict. When we think about peace, oftentimes that's what we're talking about. If I could just have the absence of conflict, you know, for, for a husband and wife that's feuding, maybe it would be that they would have a time in their marriage where they're not fighting, you know, just have some peace and quiet. You know, for somebody who may have wayward children, it may be, maybe that wayward children will get their act together and maybe grow up and mature and uh, we can have some peace in our life. Maybe on the job, maybe it's a, a boss that you don't really get along with. And, you know, you just pray that they'll either get a promotion and move on or take some vacation and be gone a little bit. Amen. So you can get a little bit of peace. You know, sometimes it's just us as parents, right? When the kids are running around the house and they're screaming or making a lot of noise. I know what that's like. I got five-year-olds at home and, you know, they make a lot of noise. You know, you just want them to go to bed at night early so you can have some Peace. So we oftentimes define peace as this, this absence of conflict where we can have this sense of tranquility, this sense of calm. But biblical peace, even though it can be, out of the 250 times the word is used, although it can be referred to as the absence of conflict, it extends much deeper than that. For peace is more than conflict disappearing and having a calm, but literally is in the midst of conflict, having peace. One pastor put it this way. Listen to what he says. He says, the core idea about peace is that life is complex, <coughs> excuse me, full of moving parts, relationships and situations 
And when any of these is out of alignment or missing, <coughs> it can be a long sermon, your peace begins to break down. Life is no longer whole and needs restoration. <coughs> can you relate to that? <clears throat> life is complex. And with a complex life, there's a lot of things that can break down. A lot of things uh, that can happen. I'm going to get a sip of water. But when you begin to think about peace, as God gives it, as you think about peace in the sense of shalom, it is not necessarily that God takes all those pieces and necessarily puts all those people's pieces back in its perfect place. But God helps you in the midst of all those pieces being out of place and life being complex and throwing a lot of stuff at you. He gives you peace in the midst of that storm. <coughs> Talks about peace in John 14, 27. Listen to what he says. Go back to the text. Hopefully you opened it up in your Bible. John 14, 27. He says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you know anything about John 14, Jesus is giving his disciples some bad news. He's talking about dying. He's talking about leaving. Now, if you love somebody, you don't want them talking about dying. And you certainly don't want them talking about leaving. But that's what Jesus is doing in John 14. That classic text, John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or rooms, some interpret as it uh, says in some uh, translations. <clears throat> he says, and if I go. So he's talking about going. He's talking about leaving them. And you can imagine that for them, they, they still hadn't really grasped all the truth of that. <laughs> See, for them, Jesus leaving would destroy all their hopes and messianic dreams that they had in him. Because they, they thought about him rising up and not being a savior at this point. At this point, they're thinking he's going to be a revolter. He's going to rip away the Roman government from them and that they're going to have this great freedom. They haven't quite caught the truth that Jesus has been trying to, to preach to them and tell them as they, uh, <clears throat> as they think about him and they listen to his teaching. They haven't caught it yet that he's this dying Savior. And so he has to write to them, my peace. Three things Jesus says in the text very quickly. We'll be done because my voice is not going to make it, I don't think. My wife told me, she said, you're not going to be able to preach? <clears throat> I'm stubborn, watch me. She liked it last night, I left the doctor's office and the doctor said, now go home and don't talk. <clears throat> so, I tried to save up for today. So listen, first of all, when we begin to think about Jesus, the Advent season, Jesus coming, God bringing us peace. As we think about that, the first thing Jesus says to us in John 14, 
Verse 27 is this. He says, peace I leave with you. See, in a a troubled heart, when you're beginning to listen to the words of Jesus, these guys would begin to have some anxiety rise up in their hearts. Jesus said, I want you to understand something. Peace I'm leaving with you. Now, I want you to understand this about peace. And write this down, because this is the first point. Is that, that peace Jesus is giving us, first of all, starts with peace with God himself. See, I want you to understand, every one of us in this room, Every single person in this room was born an enemy of God. He said, oh, oh, not me, not me, not me. No, the Bible says we were enemies of God. How are we enemies of God? Well, we were enemies of God because we were all born, Romans 3.23, right? All have come short of the glory of God. All of us are born with this sin nature. We're born with this nature by which the writer of Romans, Paul, would say to us, there is no one who seeks after God. There's no one who does. Everybody's born in this world with that same epidemic, a sin nature. See, we, we don't sin and that makes us sinners. No, we are by sin nature sinners. There's why I sin. I sin because I can't help myself. That's the way I was born into the world. I had this nature, this inclination is bent towards sin. There's nothing I can do about it. But Jesus came. and He would take us who were born enemies of God. He would take, about, take us who were separated by God by our sin, fallen, without any hope, without any restoration. And he would do something we could not do for ourselves. He would reconcile us back to God. That is, that he would not take, not take us and leave us as enemies, but he would join us to the Father and be, we would become his children. Peace with God came in a manger. Jesus would go to the cross and he would die for you and me in order that you and I could be reconciled back to God and we could have peace with him. How amazing. How glorious is that? That God would take you, who is an enemy, and make you his child. Wow, that's what we celebrate at Christmas. When we light that candle tomorrow night, and we talk about Jesus being the light of the world, that's what he came to do. He didn't come to be awed. He didn't come to do miracles. He didn't come to be some great teacher. No, Jesus said, I came that I may, what? Seek and find that which was lost. I've come to bring you peace. And he tells these guys who are troubled in their hearts. He says, my peace, I leave with you. This relationship, this glorious change that he has brought in us through the death of his cross, through his blood being shed, we can have peace with God. There's no other way. People try all kinds of, they try religion, if I can just get religious enough, I can have peace in my life. Some try to find some kind of uh, religion as far as maybe uh, a different kind of, not a Protestant religion, but another kind of religion. They try Hinduism, meditation. They try a lot of different things to find peace. But the reality is they don't find it. The only way to find peace, especially between you and God, is Jesus Christ and he alone. There's no other way. 
And I, I don't make any apologies for that because that's what Jesus says. He says, listen, in the text, look at, look at it back in Peace I leave with you. And then here's the second thing I want you to write down. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So this peace that we're talking about here is peace with God, but it's also peace that you cannot find in the world. The world is not going to offer you the peace that Jesus is offering. See, the thing, the difference is, is that, that one is found in a person, Jesus Christ himself. That babe that was wrapped in swaddling clothes, the angel said, peace on earth and goodwill to men. Right? You, you will find him, a king, wrapped in swaddling. That peace is contained in an individual, a person, Jesus Christ. In the world, peace is contained in circumstances. If my circumstances are good, I have peace. Amen? Think about it. When the kids are in bed early and it's quiet in the house, like, oh, hallelujah. It's so nice. But then one of them starts crying. Guess what? Peace just went out the window. Amen, brother? You all know, y'all got small kids. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about? You know? You, you keep your grandkids, don't you? You know what I'm talking about? You know, she starts crying in the middle of the night. Like, oh, man, we haven't done this in years. You know, you, you have peace riding to work. You get to work. And when you show up at work, they say, hey, by the way, we want you to know the Army's not going to fund this job for the next year coming up in 19 and 20. And so uh, you better start looking for something else. I, I, that'll wreck your peace. I'm here to tell you. That'll, that'll change your circumstances, won't it? Man, you're just having a good day, and all of a sudden now your job's going to be gone. You don't have a good day. Or, or, or peace is, you know, I just got a, a checkup. I'm going to the doctor in my sixth month, and the doctor does some tests, and he does what he never has done in the past. He calls you and says, I need you to come in. Where's your peace? It's gone. But let me tell you something. When it's founded in a person, it's a little different, isn't it? When we find it, when we find it in the world, the world's just going to offer circumstantial peace. The other thing about Jesus is Jesus gives us what I would call lasting peace, eternal peace. The peace of the world is temporary. Remember I told you, you can be going to work in tranquility, singing high songs to Jesus. How awesome life is. Get to work, find out your job's terminated. There is no peace. Oh, but you can still have peace in Jesus. Because he gives us that lasting peace, that enduring peace. But only as we look to him. Keep our eyes on him. Focus on him who is the peace. And then lastly, let me put this down for write this down to you. Jesus' peace lasts regardless of conflict. The world's peace is lost by conflict. I like what J. Oswald Sanders, you never read anything about J. Oswald Sanders, I'd encourage you. He's an older writer, but some tremendous stuff. He says, peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. That is so deep. That is so deep. And there is the difference. Paul would say it this way. In Philippians 4, we studied Philippians. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. Here it is. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Do you remember what that means? Remember when I talked about that before, a few months back? We talked about what that means is that, number one, it goes beyond comprehension. How is it that I could go to work, find out my job is terminated? How is it that I go to the doctor, find out I have cancer? How can I <clears throat> find out they're not going not gonna to fund this job next year and yet have peace? God. God. Isn't that what he said to us? Isn't that what he said in this text? But not only does it go beyond comprehension, but notice what he says. Write it down. It guards your heart and your mind. Why is that important? Because listen, that's where the battle begins. The battle begins in the mind and the heart. When we begin to run through (coughs) excuse me, we begin to run through and trace through all of the anxiety. It plays like a, like a movie in our mind, doesn't it? And we just, we can't deal with it. We just, you know, it just keeps going over and over in our mind. So what do we want? Give it to the father that he will guard that heart and mind. So your thinking will be right. And it will even be beyond comprehension, yes. But it will also be a guard. It will stand there and go, hey, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, time out, time out, time out. We're giving this over to the Lord. We're giving this over to the Father. And can I tell you, how do you beat anxiety? How do you beat worry? How do you beat fear? Let me tell you something. It's moment by moment. It's prayer by prayer. It's seeking God's face daily, moment by moment. Saying, God, I'm having a battle. And you give it over to him. And he blesses you by guarding your heart and your mind. Well, I'm about to lose my voice. Let's get down to three. Number three, because here's the, here's, the, here's the crux of the matter. We have this promise peace, but it's a peace we must appropriate. That, that is, it's a peace I must claim, right? Listen to what he says in the text. He says, excuse me, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Then he gives a command. Listen to the command of Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's a command. It's not an option here. Jesus is is giving us a command, but it's a command based on a promise. What is the promise? The promise is before that. My peace I give to you. There's the promise. And this peace is not as the world gives. It's different. And so he says, then if I give you this peace, appropriate it. Let not your heart be troubled. How, Jesus? By appropriating the peace that I've just told you about. You know, it'd be worth nothing if somebody walked up to me after church and handed me a million dollars if I said, I don't need it. But, oh, Pastor, I want to give you a million dollars. You know, it would never be appropriated. If I never took it, it would never be appropriated, right? I mean, it, it could change my life. A million dollars would change my life. Amen. I, I drive a Porsche to work next week, so it would change my life. So if you feel inclined, go ahead and write it. That's fine. But it would be nothing if I didn't, if I, you know, if I never appropriated, or if I took the check, put it in my pocket, and never went to the bank and put it in my account. I mean, how foolish would that be? But it's the same thing in our Christian journey. God has given us these promises by which we claim and we live by, and yet we never appropriate them. And we go, why do I feel so miserable? Why am I so downcast? 
Because we haven't claimed and grabbed on hold of the promise of God. And Jesus says, my peace I give you. Perhaps that's why Peter would write later in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 11, talking about those who follow the Lord. Listen to what he says. And let him turn away from evil and do good. And here it is. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Let him appropriate it. Bring it into your life. Listen to what Paul was saying in Ephesians 4, 3. As we appropriate peace, we're giving out peace. He says, in the church, we ought to be endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So how do we have peace in the church? We appropriate Jesus' peace. Romans 12, 18. Here it is. If it's at all possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. As much as it depends on you. Why? Because listen, when we appropriate Jesus' peace, we can give peace to other people. And when we give peace to the other people, listen to this last verse, and I'll be done. Matthew 9, 5, 9 says this. Blessed are the peacemakers. Why? For they shall be called sons of God. If you're a child of God, listen, my friend, you're going to be about peace. Amen? Pointing people to the person of peace, Jesus Christ. That's the most awesome thing we could do is show people where peace is found in Jesus. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening today. And remember, you can find more information about Pastor Mike and the church at our website, www.fbclp.life.